Do you want to become a magnet for God's grace? That's what we'll discover today on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Pride makes us act like we own the future, like we dominate the future, like we can predict the future. Humility says, God is sovereign. I can make my plans, but I need His blessing to fulfill my plans. And I submit all my plans to God saying, if God wills. Welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we're continuing a new study in the book of James called Faith That Works with a practical lesson on what it takes to attract the favor of God. Whether we realize it or not, our life choices can have a major effect on whether we experience more of God's grace or step further away from it. And what we're discovering in today's message is just how powerful a position of humility and submission can be where we want to open ourselves to receive more of God's grace. So, continuing now with part two of a message titled, The Grace Magnet, here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. It's humility that causes us to take this first step closer to God. I've married couples in this place. How many of you married couples, when you get in a little bit of a friction during the day, a little bit of a fight, a little bit of a tiff, you know that you're waiting for the other person to apologize. They're waiting for you to apologize. You both know there's tension in the room, but no one wants to be the first to say, I'm sorry. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so you walk in, she's clink, clinking the dishes around. You're throwing things around over there. You're both not talking to each other. It lasts all the way into the evening time. Then you go to bed. She lays in the furthest part of the bed that she can, almost falling off the edge like a board, grabbed in her sheet. You get in the other side and tug at the sheet. So now the sheet is tight between you. You're at one side, she's at the other side, because both of you are basically saying, I'm not going to humble, I'm waiting for you to apologize. But how many of you know that usually there's someone that makes the first move? Kind of scooches over a little bit. She's wide awake. You're wide awake. And you know that that scooching over simply means, hey... Let's make up. I'm moving over. It's okay. And someone has to be the first to kind of humble themselves and do that, to draw closer. In essence, what God is saying, I'm calling you. I'm loving you. I haven't moved away from you. As soon as you are willing to take a step towards me in humility and say, God, I know that I've blown it. I know that there's stuff that needs to change. As soon as you draw close to God, God is going to swoop in right after you and draw close to you, but it will require some changes in your life that have to be embraced through a spirit of humility. God gives you the grace to repent and to begin to change. D.L. Moody once said, God sends no one away empty-handed except those who are full of themselves. 
So not only must you learn to come under, humility will draw you to come under, submit to God. Humility will cause you to step closer to God and draw you to repentance. But humility also will cause you to stop judging. Verse 11 says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it but sitting in judgment of it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you who are you to judge your neighbor? So James says, you push away the grace of God when you live in pride. Humility attracts the grace of God. When you have a humble spirit, you're willing to submit yourself to God and obey God. And so he gives you the power to resist temptation. When you have a spirit of humility, it will cause you also to draw closer to God. And he gives you the grace to repent and make things right with God. When you have a spirit of humility, it will cause you not to be as judgmental of others. You will be less likely to slander and judge others because pride is hard on others and soft on itself. Well, let me say that again. There are some people that develop a religious spirit about them in which they're very hard on everybody else, but always very soft on themselves. That's a spirit of pride. The Bible says don't slander. You know what slander is? Slander is speaking evil against another person while you judge their motives. Acting like you know their heart when only God knows people's heart. When you judge other people in a negative way, it means you slander them, you speak about them, you act like you know what they're thinking or why they're doing what they're doing, and so you slander them before you talk about them behind other people's backs, you speak evil about them, acting like you know why they do what they do, that slander. And God says, hey, why are you doing that? You're acting like you're God. You're not God. Who are you to judge others? There's only one judge, and his name is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. He sees people, people's hearts. He knows people's motives, but you do not. In fact, this is what he says. He says, when you judge other people, you, in essence, sit yourself up as judges of the law. Someone asked Jesus one time, Jesus, what should I do to be right with God or into the kingdom of heaven? What, what commandments should I keep? And in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment to love God. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. The law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, the Bible says that you're to love God and love your neighbor. When instead of loving your neighbor, you become a judge of their motives, an impartial judge of their motives. You have just taken the place that only God should have. You've become a judge instead of letting God judge people's heart. Let me tell you something about believers. I believe we need to stand strong for what is right, but be extremely merciful for people that are struggling in their lives. 
We tend to be very harsh on people that are outside and very soft on our own issues. Jesus said, before you try to take a speck out of someone else's eye, why don't you first take the log that's out of your own eye? How about it? Can I tell you something else? Oftentimes, I see Christians, instead of presenting the good news of Jesus Christ, we become, well, we become moral judges of everybody else. We condemn the world. We judge the world. We tell the world what is wrong with them. We lift our finger and angrily proclaim what is wrong with the world. Can I tell you something? I don't expect people that are in the world to live like they're Christians. I expect they're going to be living like non-Christians. My goal is not to make non-Christians live like Christians. My goal is to present the gospel and the love of Jesus so that they'll become Christians and change their life around. That's my goal. I expect people around me that don't know Jesus that they're going to swear a lot. I don't say don't swear. Well, how come you're swearing? I expect them to swear. Why? Because they don't have a moral compass to tell them not to swear. Now, I expect if they're a believer that God's going to change their language, clean up their, their life, and change them around. But I'm not going to try to make people live like they're Christians before they're Christians. I'm going to tell them, hey, there is a Savior that wants to change you from the inside out, that loves you, that wants to forgive you, that wants to alter your life and change you around. That's what He wants to do. And so many times we have become judges, but without compassion. When people fall, we like to kick them down instead of saying, you know, it's by the grace of God that you would be down there, except God held you up by His grace. It should elicit empathy to see people fall, not judgment when people fall. The heart of God is a heart that is full of compassion and mercy, wanting restoration in people's lives as well. Pride sets itself up as a judge, but what James is telling us is that there's only one judge, and he's God, and we can never take the place of God. So stop judging other people, number four, number four and lastly. I'm talking about what it means to attract the grace of God through our humility instead of pride. Number four, include God. He goes on in verse 13 and says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord will, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. The other thing that James says is that some of us act like we are masters of our future. We act like we control our destiny. We boast about what we're going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to get married in this time. And I'm going to go start a business and do this and that. And I'm going to get my degree and change the world. And I'm going to move to this place and buy this house and get this car. And we act like we control our destiny. We act like we are masters of our future. And the Bible's not saying not to plan. 
It's not even, to, it doesn't say not to talk about our future, but it says when you talk about your future and when you make plans, you always need to say, if it's the Lord's will, I will do this, that, or the other, because I don't control my future. God is the one that controls my future. This is Bold Steps, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. Mark will continue this lesson, The Grace Magnet, in just a moment, so keep listening. Did you know that you can hear this program any time of day, wherever you go, by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast? When you subscribe, each of these Bible lessons will be downloaded automatically to your smart device, making it easy to catch up if you ever miss one of these radio programs. You can also hear these messages through your smart speakers at home or in the office. To learn more about the ways you can listen, just visit our website, boldstepsradio.org. And if you're on social media, link up with us there as well. You'll find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Bold Steps Radio. Now, let's get to the final half of today's message. It's titled, The Grace Magnet. Here's Mark Job. You see, to boast about what you do tomorrow, here's what James says. James says, your life is like a vapor. You don't even know if you'll be alive tomorrow. Well, I'm going to do this. The following year, I'm going to do that. By this time, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to retire. And I'm going to play golf for the rest. Maybe. Or maybe you're going to die of a heart attack tomorrow. So what you need to be saying, if God wills, this is what I'll do. If God gives me the strength, this is what I'll do. God is sovereign over my future. And I'll try to do this the Lord willing. Because it reminds us of the brevity of life. He says, your life is like a vapor. It's it's here one moment, it's gone the next. Next time you're boiling a pot of water in a tea kettle, try to grab the vapor and see how much of it you can hold in your hand. Just try it. If your husband comes in, you're doing this, you tell him, pastor told you to do that. Just try to grab the vapor. Listen. The vapor, it, it's, it's ungrabbable. You, you can't hold vapor. It's here a moment, it's gone the next. James says, you know what, your life is that way. I know it seems like it's a long life when you're 17 and you think that you have a lot of years to go, but the older I get, the more I realize how quickly life goes by. How about it? That, that, that it's here, but it's not guaranteed. I've done a lot of funerals as a pastor. Very seldom do I do a funeral of a person that expected to die. Most of us don't expect to die. Most of us are shocked by the fact that our loved one died. Most of us think that we're going to continue. Even the elderly people, we kind of think, well, they're going to continue on. But no, life is like a vapor. It's here one moment, it's gone the next. Pride makes us act like we own the future, like we dominate the future, like we can predict the future. Humility says God is sovereign. He's in control. He's on the throne. I can make my plans, but I need his blessing to fulfill my plans. And I submit all my plans to God saying, if God wills. I think in the Spanish language, people say it more often. Si Dios quiere. It's kind of built into some of the expressions. Si Dios quiere. That means if God wills, if he wants to. 
People, people say, I'll see you tomorrow, si Dios quiere. I'll see you tomorrow if God wills. You know, it may be just an expression, but I like it. Because in essence, it's saying, hey, I can make my plans. I can meet you tomorrow at the movie if God wills. Because only God knows the future. And what James is saying to believers is he's saying that our life is but a vapor. It appeals for a moment. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this and that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. James concludes this passage with a very strong, convicting phrase. He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, to them it's sin. Whoa. Heavy. What James is saying, it's not just things that we do that's wrong that are considered sin before God. It's not just adultery, murder, lying, hate, coveting, jealousy, envy, pride and arrogance. It's also when we know there's something we should do, but we refuse to do it, the Bible says then, that's sin as well. In other words, if I know that there's a step I need to take, but I've been refusing to take that step, it's not just procrastination, it's disobedience to God Almighty. It's not just, well, I'm thinking it over. No, if you've known for two years you need to do it, stop thinking it over and start obeying. Partial obedience is disobedience. Postponed obedience is disobedience. You can call it unfinished business. You can call it something that you've been pondering. You can call it, I'm praying about it. You can say that when the right time comes. But let me tell you, if you know you should do it and you're not doing it, James says, call it what it is. It's sin, disobedience to God. There are some people here in this auditorium that as I started to speak today, it's not the words that I've spoken, but it's the Holy Spirit who honors the Word of God. There is a spirit here called the Holy Spirit. There's a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts, He draws, He enlightens, He touches us, He convicts us, He pulls us to Himself. He's always drawing us to the Father. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. If you're not a believer, the Holy Spirit tugs at you, convicts you, draws you, um, speaks to you inside but doesn't live inside of you. Let me tell you, there are certain people here as this service is coming to a close that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. I don't have to say it, but you already know that you're far from God. I don't have to explain it. No one told you when you entered these doors, but in your heart you know God is distant, and I've been keeping him away. Some of you, as you've entered in this auditorium, there's been a tug of war, a tension that you felt, a spiritual tension. 
It's the tension of the Holy Spirit drawing you to do what you know you need to do, but your pride resisting it. It is a humbling experience to get on our knees before God and say, God, I need you. God, I repent, which means I turn around from the way I've been doing it and I choose your way. God, I'm willing to take the step that I need to take even though I fought it, Lord. It's a humbling experience. Your pride will rise up and tell you, don't do it. Your pride will tell you, what are other people going to think? They may think you have problems. Well, hello, you do. Don't we all tap the person beside you and say, I have issues. Tell them they're probably bigger than what you think. But I believe that some of you are going to leave this auditorium being attractors of the grace of God because when you came in, you've been repellers of the grace of God. That your pride has repelled the grace of God. The very God that wants to show you favor. The very God that wants to open doors. The very God that wants to change you. The very God that wants to alter your heart. The very God that wants to bring revelation to you. The very God that wants to heal you up inside. You've been repelling the very thing that could help you because of pride. I want to do it my way, God. I don't want to listen. I don't want to obey. I want to keep you at a distance. That very God that loves you and has a purpose is calling you in. Oh, yeah. Is it dangerous? Yes, it is. Because it's calling you in means that he's calling you to change. He's calling you close enough to himself that he can alter your heart, lead you to obedience. You will not be the same. And deep inside, you know that if I go to him, if I get close, it means changes. And some of those changes may be difficult. I'm asking you to take the risk on a God that's loved you before you could ever pronounce his name. He's loved you since you were before you were even born. When you were a baby, he's known your story. He has a purpose and a plan for your life and your destiny and your heart. I'm asking you to take a chance on that God. Yeah, so you heard it. Maybe this message is spoken to you in a powerful way. And the essence of this message is that if you act in an arrogant, proudful, boastful way, as though you can control and lead your own life, as though you don't need God, then you repel the grace of God. But when you embrace a spirit of humility, when you say, I I can't do this on my own. I need the power of God. I need you, Lord. And you take a step towards him. God meets you right there with grace and power. And so maybe you have been operating your life with subtle arrogance, a pride that says, I can manage my own affairs. I really don't need God that much. And if you have, I think this is a time to repent. I think this is a time to acknowledge your weakness. I think this is a time to stop and say, God, I desperately need you. I can't do this without you. And the Bible says that if we, when we submit ourselves to God, um, he resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. And so I'd like to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for that person that is just recognizing that there is traces of arrogance, pride, 
and boastfulness in their life. They're just starting to realize that they have been repelling your grace, that your favor and your undeserved merit hasn't been flowing into their life because they're acting like they don't need you. And so I pray in Jesus' name for a new spirit of humility, a brokenness, a a hunger for you, a desperation for your presence, God, a realization that we can't even breathe without you, Father. So I pray for that humility to start to manifest itself in our daily action, in the way we talk to people, in the way we do our work, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that we will be grace magnets. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. And before we leave today, I do want to mention that we only have a few days left for you to request a copy of Mark's book, Unstuck. So contact us today. We'll send you your copy of Unstuck when you give a financial gift of any amount to support this ministry. To do that right now, just go online to boldstepsradio.org or make your donation over the phone by calling us right now at 844-615-7363 or call at your convenience 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail and request a copy of Unstuck. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, we've reached the end of today's program. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back tomorrow for a new message titled, When Life Isn't Fair. It's a lesson about pain, injustice, and survival. And you'll hear it Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.